Good morning, and thank you for welcoming me into your worship time this morning. You know, this summer, when the COVID numbers seemed to flatten and then diminish, I had friends that traveled to one of the nearby states to visit family. And at the time, the restrictions and requirements that were in those states, they were a lot looser in those states than here in Illinois. And yet my friends decided to continue to exercise good caution, washing hands, keeping safe distance, and of course, wearing a mask. My friends followed all of those guidelines consistently, but in most of the states next door, there were few people who practiced wearing a mask. In fact, there were several occasions when they experienced stopping for food or for gas that people would whisper loud enough for them to hear, sheeple. Do you know what a sheeple is? Of course, we recognize that it's a term generally uh, generated to disparage or refer to those of us who decide to take advice of experts and risk by being overly cautious. I know that's the nicer version. We know that it represents the idea that people may follow blindly to their own peril, like lambs to the slaughter. But in light of today's text, of all the names I have ever been called, and I have to say, I've been called a lot of names, sheeple might be one of the nicest things you could say about a person. I've learned over the years that it's not productive to get upset or angry or defensive when people call you names and that it helps to take the time to understand a little bit about the name and the source of the name caller. In the case of sheeple, I get it. People are afraid. They're concerned. They feel lost and unseen. They're frustrated. They're hurt. And a vast number of other internal and external struggles that they have. But unfortunately, Oftentimes the leadership of influence that they have chosen to follow reflects more on as one of the shepherds identified in the Ezekiel passage, the kind of shepherd that leads their sheep astray by offering empty promises or preying on the situation to fatten themselves up and line their own pockets. They call these sheep and lead them just to, to retain their own power and they manipulate their sheep to create chaos and division. This kind of leadership pervades politics, it pervades economics, and yes, even religion. But this is a time of crisis, not unlike the, the scriptures of Ezekiel, and not even that different from Matthew's text. The empire is falling apart. Institutions, structures, un Fulfilled ideas and ideals are losing their power and influence. There are challenges being made that reflect the need for reform or at best, total reconstruction. There's a cultural and may I suggest a spiritual revolution on the horizon and the people who have held power for so long don't like it but they don't see or recognize that the power they are up against is not power from above, at least not their level of above. This is a power that is bubbling up from below, from the foundations of the earth. 
It is the power declared in Ezekiel of God intervening, of God reclaiming and raising up and raining down a restorative justice. For a whole year, we've been listening to Matthew tell us about Jesus, witnessing to how God again and again interrupts and then incarnates into the world to establish the foundation on which the new heaven and the new earth will be built. Matthew takes us with Jesus first to the mountain, the place where often in faith and tradition, God teaches, God communicates, God speaks to and inspires humanity. On this mountain, Jesus gives us his, I have a dream speech, announcing blessing to those who've lost hope yet remain faithful and, and hope to those who've lost faith to those who pursue peace in the face of hatred and, de and declare that justice is on the way for and through those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then for 20 chapters, we see Jesus living out how this vision is made real in real time. Someone once told me that a vision without a plan is a wish. And as Jesus lived, he articulated the plan by living the plan, healing the sick, feeding the hungry, empowering people on the margins, seeing and seeking out the lost, uniting strangers and friends around a table. Things are about to change and the empire will wield what they believe is a final blow. Refusing to concede to a peaceful transfer of power, they will attempt to restore their authority by striking down the front line of God's revolution. They'll tell lies, they'll spread rumors, they'll bribe subordinates and stir up militias. Are we talking about Matthew? Or are we talking about now? Yep. But they can't see it's too late because the power of change has already been given to those who've been following this good shepherd, who've been on the mountain time and time again with Jesus, only to return with a deepening sense of divine blessing. And what comes with it is the power to live authentically and generously, this life of love. We, the church have been called a lot of names over the course of time. Some deserved as we've wandered off, lost our way, forgotten who and whose we are, followed the wrong shepherd when we feared for our own survival and missed the green pastures and still waters. But this crisis has awakened us. This crisis has challenged us. This crisis will enlighten us and invite us to follow the way, the truth and the life that we know as the good shepherd, the one who walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. We follow Christ because we recognize through Christ's example that everyone benefits when we practice compassion. Everyone thrives when we make small sacrifices. Everyone lives when we risk for love. Love is the optimal solution. So on the mountain today, Jesus commissions the disciple to live in the world with his heart, to act in the world with his power, to see the world through his eyes. And not only are they sent out to recognize Christ in the world around them, but they are invited to embrace the Christ that is alive 
in them. That's healing them. That's empowering them. That's feeding their souls and relieving their thirst for righteousness and right living. Wearing a mask these days is a small but powerful gesture and proclamation. But this is not the first time Lutheran congregations in our area have had to respond to crisis and change. We've seen over the last 30, 40 years where our Lutheran congregations have leveraged assets to build affordable housing for seniors. We've seen them open their doors to community children who need a safe place to go after school. We've seen our congregation stand with and become a, a part of the path that not only welcomes, but celebrates our LGBTQ Children of God family members. We've seen communities of our Lakeview family stand up against neighborhood opposition and make space and a home for individuals experiencing homelessness. And these are just a few of the ways in which the sheeple of our churches have followed the shepherd's mandate. And they inspire and challenge us today. And even as Jesus points us towards the hurting ways of racism, of sexism, of homophobia and xenophobia, these things that pervade our culture and even the church, even as Jesus opens our eyes to the damages of an economic system that celebrates billionaires, while income inequality widens and more people go hungry or homeless or work at inadequate enslaved wages. Jesus is opening our hearts to hold the anger, the fear, the despair of people who've been betrayed by leaders who don't deserve their trust. When my daughter was in grade school, she took a lot of bullying. She was, she is still, very smart in a system that was failing. She came from a family that was obviously middle class with two professional working people. And we were the only white families or one of the few white families that remained in the public school as others departed for private schools for the protection of their kids. But one day she came home crying after what had been a particularly brutal day with an account of the various taunting. They call me smart, she wailed. And proud of it, I responded. What, she said, and proud of it, I told her. Maybe the next time they taunt you like this or call you these names, you say first to yourself and proud of it. And maybe you say to them, I'm proud of who I am. And I hope you can be proud of who you are too. In the dark days of the coming advent, remember, if you deepen your resolve to work for justice, you might be a sheeple. If you join in the call for accountability by public officials and public servants, you just might be a sheeple. If you support small businesses during the economic struggle, you just might be a sheeple. If you learn about and support the concept of reparations, you might be a sheeple. If you put the pantry on a monthly giving plan, you might be a sheeple. If you learn to use and utilize and, and include preferred pronouns, pronouns, you just might be a sheeple. And good Lord, if you wear a mask wherever you go, even if you aren't required, just because you care about others who might get sick, even if you might not get sick, well, my friends, you are a sheeple. 
And Jesus is proud of it. Amen.